Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. You know, we've been taking a look at Advent, that he is, he is the king that was born in the manger, the cradle. He was born in the cradle. He was born for me. He was born for you, as Heather said this morning. Unto me a child is given. Unto me this baby boy of Jesus Christ. He was given for you. He was a son born for you and I. Then he went... He went to the cross. You can't have the cradle without the cross. He went to the cross. He was born with the intention, with the purpose of laying down his life. Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I willingly lay it down. He went through the suffering. Yeah, our suffering Savior went to the cross for you and I. He was nailed. He went through the agony. He went through the beating. He went through the scorn. He went through the shame. He bore my sins at Calvary. He bore your sins on the cross and today we're taking a look at the crown Jesus Christ has ascended King of Kings Lord of Lords he rules all things by the word of his power he's sitting right now at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I he has been exalted above all he has been exalted ruler and the king of all things that ought to get you excited this morning that ought to crank up your tractor a little bit this morning that Jesus Christ crucified, resurrected, and ascended is sitting at the right hand of God. A Jewish man, a man who was born anew, resurrected fresh and anew for you and I. He is the first fruits of our coming resurrection. He is the first fruits. He was the forerunner. Yeah, this Jesus rules all things, handles Messiah, says it like this in the hallelujah chorus, the kingdom of this world is become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and of his Christ. I can't sing. And he shall reign forever and ever. Yeah. (laughs) King of kings. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) King of kings, Lord of lords, and he shall reign forever. King of kings, yes, hallelujah, 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 he reigns, yeah, he rules and reigns over all things, Psalms 97 says the mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord, all of your enemies this morning are under his feet, if he rules all things, your enemy, it doesn't matter what your enemy may, whatever name it may bear, it may Maybe your husband, maybe your wife, whatever the enemy is, sickness, disease, finances, he rules all things. They're sitting right under his feet. Psalms 46, 6 says that the earth melts at the sound of his voice. He speaks life. And when he does, every enemy, every foe, every mountain that would exalt itself against the knowledge and the glory of God is melted like wax before him. Psalms 93, 1 through 2 says, The Lord reigns. He's clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. 
to everlasting. Yeah, He is the Ancient of Days. He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the one that began all things and He's the one that will end all things. He's above all. He is from everlasting to everlasting. Hallelujah. Exodus chapter 15 says, Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who have rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But oh, (laughs) that was at the end of the story. You blew with your wind and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You stretched out your right hand. The earth swallowed them. You and your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. Yeah, our God is a great God. He's an awesome God. Give Give Him praise. Give Him praise in the house of the Lord. Lord, we thank You that You're an awesome God. You're a mighty God, ruler above all things. Hallelujah. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 15, in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20, it says, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, but by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward those who are at Christ coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. You know, we live in a day and age. Yeah, glory to the Lord. <laughs> we live in a day and age where evil is on the rise. Evil, evil has prevailed. Evil is, is becoming like the mountainous heaps of, of, of mountains, the, the tallest mountains that you can see or view in this natural life. Evil is even higher. It's, it's extending to the, to the heavens. It's crying out before the Lord. But oh, my friend, in the spite of all of that, even though evil is rising, even though we live in a day of depravity and carnality of man at, at an all-time high, Jesus said it shall be like the days of Noah at the coming of the Son of Man. Even so, we live in the day and the hour when the prophecy of Jesus is being fulfilled. And yet, in spite of all of that, He rules all things by the word of His power. He is the conquering King. Yeah, He is the conquering King. A chemist about 150 years ago by the name of Pierre Berchet. I don't know how to say his name. He's a French guy. I need to ask my wife who speaks French. Within a hundred years, he said this, within a hundred years of physical and chemical science, man will know what the atom is. It is my belief that when science reaches this stage, God will come down to earth with his big ring of kings and will say to humanity, gentlemen, it is closing time. (laughs) 
It is. It's closing time, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. It's closing. Things are wrapping up. Jesus is coming back. There is coming a day in the very near future where the trumpet of God will sound and the archangel will shout with the voice of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. So shall we ever be with the Lord. (laughs) It's coming. It's coming soon. He's coming. He's coming soon. And he's coming quickly. You know, by the, from the beginning of Christ's birth, he's been characterized by kingship. He was characterized by his kingly authority. Not everybody saw his kingship. Not everybody saw the mantle that was placed on him as a ruler above all things. The shepherds came and they bowed. They had eyes to see. They encountered the Jesus in the cradle. They had eyes to see this baby who was the conquering king. And they bowed and they worshipped before him. The wise men, when Jesus was older, came and brought gifts before him. These, these men came and brought gifts and worshipped and, and honored him. The angels sang of his glory. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill towards men. Herod didn't want any competition. And so he sought out to kill this king that would rise to power. And the people who followed Jesus even said, no man has ever spoke like he spoke. He speaks with authority. Yeah, Jesus rules all things. And this day, evil's on the rise. And this day, evil has exalted itself against the knowledge and the glory of the Lord. Satan has highly exalted himself against Christ. Satan has exalted himself even... Even from the beginning, pride was his fall. From the beginning, he saw the glory that his creator had placed on him. He saw the rank that God had given to him. He saw the, the glory of the Lord on him and pride began to rise. Look, look at me. Look at the, the talents and the abilities that I have. Look at, look at how I sing before the Lord. Look at how good I am. That was the nature of Satan himself. First Timothy 3.6 says that the devil became puffed up with pride, with pride pride and he fell to his condemnation. Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I saw the devil fall like lightning from heaven. Isaiah 14 says, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit On the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. You know, we we blame the devil a lot, but we do the same thing. We have our carnal nature is the nature of the of our of our carnal father of lies. I will be I will be great. I will make my kingdom. I will establish myself. I will establish my kingdom. That's that's the words of Lucifer himself, my friends. Evil. Evil is rising in our generation. Evil is rising in our heart. We say the same things. Yeah, the devil prevailed at pulling multitudes of angels with him. He brought the angels. He, there was a great fall, falling away in heaven as a result of Lucifer's influence. He influenced himself and exalted himself against the world and became the God of this world. He influenced our first parents, caused them to fall in the garden. He influenced the the race of man to fall away and be led into ruin. He exposed all manner of calamity to mankind. This is the devil. This is the evil in which you and I face. He drew men away from, from service of their maker and began to cause them to live in sin and depravity. He brought about universal corruption that brought about the flood. 
the flood in the days of Noah, when, when man began to seek after their own pleasure, seek after themselves, when the sons of God were being, having relationship with the daughters of, of God, all of the, the sons of men with the relationships with the daughters, they're the sons of God. You got it. I'm getting all messed up. But this is, this was the time. This was the day of Noah. This was the day of Noah. This was the influence that the enemy had, the evil that was rising, where nations and worldly nations were coming and they were offering sacrifices to the devil. They were giving their children, thousands of children, sacrifice to the enemy. Yeah, this is the evil, the depravity of man that's in our midst even today. He exalted himself, the devil exalted himself against Christ at his coming. When Jesus came to the earth, He influenced men to hate Him, to despise Him. They tried to assassinate Jesus before His time. He persuaded Judas to to deny and to betray Jesus. He persuaded Peter to deny Him. This is the influence of the devil. But in all of these things, even, even when the devil would try to exalt himself against the knowledge and the glory of God, Jesus still rules all things. This devil persecuted the church. The persecution started from the day Jesus stepped in to the world of the church. Jesus said, they've hated you. They've hated me. They'll hate you. They've, They've hated me. They've persecuted me. They don't like me. They've tried to assassinate me. Guess what they're going to do to you? But in all of these things, Jesus still rules and reigns over all things. Guilt... Guilt has mounted the heights of the mountains. It has increased. Yeah, one sin bears enough guilt with it to bring bring mankind into bondage and to despair. Guilt reaches into heaven and it cries out before God and brings down the wrath of God upon the sinner. Guilt, this multitude of guilt. If, if guilt wasn't enough just from one sin, but there's been multitudes of sins, sins, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sins have been committed. And the guilty lay before God, barren before God, naked before Him, the guilt of man, the guilt of the sinner lays before Him. If you think about this just for a moment, since the beginning of time, Sins have been committed since our father Adam. Sins and the guilt of those sins have mounted and have grown and have increased in our world. The guilt, just think about the guilt that you might be carrying today. The guilt of your sin that you're carrying. It's like a noose around your neck. It goes with you everywhere that you go. It's almost eternal in its judgment. And that when you are guilty, it follows you and pulls you even into the pits of hell itself. And brings about the wrath and the judgment of God. Yeah, that is the guilt that we're talking about today. The guilt of sin. Think about this morning, how many idle words you might say in a day. Now multiply that times your lifespan of 32,000 days. How many sins just of idle words have you spoken in a lifetime? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. And the word of God says that every idle word you speak will be judged on that day. Yeah, my friend, the guilt of our sin has mounted before him. The world has become loaded with the guilt And we see the epitome of that guilt at Christ's crucifixion. 
Where the guilt of the world was laid upon Jesus and the floodgates of the wrath of God were opened in judgment against His own Son. Jesus bore that guilt, my friends. Yet in all these things, even though the devil would rise up against God and the knowledge of God and the glory of God, even though the guilt would rise up against the knowledge and the glory of God. Yet in all these things, Christ still rules and reigns over all things. Corruption in the heart of man has become exceedingly abundant. Men are not just merely sinful, they are overly corrupt. They are overly sinful. Every member of their body has been given over to sin and to corruption and to depravity. We look around us and we see the immorality that has flooded our world. Evil is on a rise, if you hadn't noticed. Romans chapter 3 says this, There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat, I love this. Paul did such a great job under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of writing this. Their throat is an open tomb. And it's an open, some translations say, open sepulcher. With their tongues they have practiced deceit. The poison of Asp is under their lisp, under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Man has become an agent of sin, an agent of pride, an agent of uncleanness. We are full of depravity, full of evil. Our tongues, our mouths, our throats have become, as it were, an open tomb where sin and depravity are thrown in. That is the corruption of man. That is the corruption that you and I face. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? God said in Jeremiah 2.13, My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn for themselves broken cisterns. Cisterns broken, they can hold no water. We have forsaken the creator of all things. We've forsaken the holy God. And we have stored up for ourselves sin and depravity and corruption. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? We have become agents of evilness and head is mounted before the Lord. Think about for a moment the sin and the corruption that has been passed from generation to generation. Not just the sin that we, we find ourselves ensnared with and enticed with, but think about the sin that's been passed in generational cycles from generation to generation. The habits and the customs and educational systems that have taught a lifestyle of sin. We have caused evil to mount on the mountains before the Lord. It is sins before his nostrils. The stench of the depravity of man rises before him. Wicked leaders who have been influenced by the devil have risen and come to power. They become instruments. They have become instruments of the devil to rule nations and wealth. We see this in our day. There are leaders who are being groomed, who have been nurtured and and parented and led and trained to be leaders of deception, leaders of the devil over nations in our generation. They have become drunk with the blood of saints and the martyrs of Jesus. 
They have deluged the world with the blood of the Christians. 200,000 Christians are martyred every year for the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians in chapter 2 says, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless there's a falling away. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Yeah, we should not be surprised. You and I are not to be deceived at the falling away that's happening around us. Yeah, people have shipwrecking their faith all around. We should not be deceived by that. The Bible tells us, Jesus told it. The epistle writers told us that there will be a falling away so that the son of perdition, the son, the Antichrist, and the spirit of Antichrist would be revealed in our generation. Don't be surprised. Revelation 17 tells us about about the, the, the alliance that will be made between the false church and the Antichrist. We ought not be surprised that we live in a day where churches are making political alliances to be influential and quote-unquote evangelical for the purpose of quote-unquote reaching people, but they have forsaken the foundations and the moorings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought not be surprised. Revelation tells us that it's going to happen and they will partner with the Antichrist Antichrist. That is the day in which we live. Churches are forsaking the foundations of, of the gospel. They're teaching things that are not the Bible. But yet in all these things, Christ still rules and reigns all things by the word of his power. Affliction and persecution against the church is on a rise. We start at the foundation of the New Testament church in Acts chapter 8. In Acts chapter 7, where Stephen was stoned, he was the first martyr. And in Acts chapter 8, the believers who were assembled together on the day of Pentecost were dispersed throughout the world. They were dispersed because of persecution. And it has continued since that day. Persecution is on a rise. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial. That fiery trial that Peter is writing about is persecution. He says, don't think it strange. Which is to try you as, through some, as, though, some, as though some strange thing has happened to you. Don't think it strange. Don't think it awkward that you face that. Peter is writing at this point from Rome. He's under the leadership of Emperor Nero who is impaling Christians and setting them on fire alive for his garden parties. This is the Peter. This is the context of what Peter is writing about and he's prophesying of a day and age that will come. I don't think we're all that far removed from seeing the very same torturous acts that were brought against Christians in Peter's day at the hands of Nero. I don't think we're that far removed that we're going to see them again and probably are in other countries. The day is coming, friends, and it's upon us. Don't think it's strange when persecution happens against the church. We don't, we're not surprised, but evil is on the rise. And we know that evil is exalting itself against the glory and the knowledge of God. But in all these things, Christ still rules and reigns all things by the word of his power. Death continues to prevail in the word, world. Death rises 
Even today it is on the rise. Death is rising and, and as a mountain before the Lord. It is on the rise. And, and you cannot escape it. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Matthew 10.21 says that brother will betray brother to death. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. Death, evil, before the Lord is rising. But in all these things... Christ still rules and reigns all things by the word of his power. We see in the crucifixion, in the ascension, in the resurrection of the Lord, we see in the plan of redemption the wonderful nature, the glorious nature of God to redeem mankind, to restore to himself, to choose for himself a people that he would redeem out of the evil, out of the depravity, out of the despair. He's chosen for Himself a people that He will redeem and snatch out to pull out, to rescue out of the sin and the evil that is on the rise. And He will exalt them and cause them to rule and to reign for all eternity with Him. Hallelujah. Yeah, God didn't leave us. Hallelujah, God didn't leave us in despair. God didn't leave us without a hope. It was His design from the beginning. And He chose His Son, His only begotten Son, to become the person that would lead. He would be the forerunner in this redemption of fallen man. He would be the one that would conquer evil. He would be the one that would die on a cross and defeat the, the power of guilt and condemnation. He would be the one that would loose the chains of bondage. He would be the one that would defeat death and break the power of death. He would be the one that would resurrect into heaven. He would be the one that would sit down at the right hand of the Father. Yeah, Jesus. Jesus would be the one in Acts chapter 2 Then, when Peter stood up to preach and said, this that you now see and hear, this is Jesus who has sat down at the right hand of God, who has received the promise of the Father and is pouring out this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, this is the Jesus. This is the Jesus that, that conquered and ruled all things. Through Christ's righteousness and His humility, He made atonement for sin. Regarding the enemy, regarding Satan, you know, Satan exalted himself at such, a, at, at such a great height, never before seen when Christ was crucified. He influenced man. He influenced man to do such a wicked and vile act. Never before had he exalted himself so highly against Christ, but this very arrogance and pride with which he exalted himself became the foundation for his destruction. Like David, who went out to meet Goliath and pulled out Goliath's own sword and cut off his head and rolled it up in front of Saul and said, see what the Lord has done this day. Even so, Jesus took out the sword of the devil and the very thing the devil meant for his destruction and our, our harm, our destruction. You and I, my friend, are linked to that, to that cross. You and I are linked to that cradle. The very harm and destruction that the devil meant for us. Jesus came out and challenged Chopped off the devil's head. He crushed him, the Bible says, under his foot. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.15 says, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. 
<laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he, made a big, he made a big scene about it. And he didn't even want to make a big scene. The devil, the, devil, the devil did it. The devil made him do it. Isn't that what we always say? Oh, the devil made me do it. <laughs> Let me tell you, Jesus conquered that. You don't have to go around saying, the devil made me do it. He broke the power and the chains of the enemy. You don't have to live in oppression anymore. You don't have to live in defeat and despair anymore. You don't have to live under the curse, the lies, and the fears of the enemy anymore. When I was little, my dad used to tell me, you know, if someone gives you, a gives you any trouble, you just need to beat them up one good time, and they won't mess you with you anymore. <laughs> just give them a good licking, and they won't mess with you anymore. I'm not, I'm not much of a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. I can't really point to many times that I've been in fights in my life, but there was one time that I remember I was a Royal Ranger. <laughs> you know, those Royal Rangers, you've got to watch out for them. And some of the kids in our, in our youth group and, and a couple of the kids in the Rangers program were picking on these little kids, and it made me mad. They were picking on these little kids. And I thought, I'll show them. I'm gonna, they shouldn't be doing this. So I interjected myself into their picking on these little kids. And I said, excuse me. I think they had t taken a ball from one of the kids. And the kid, you know, don't ever mess with the kids, you know, toys. So I said, can you give that back to them? No. I said, stop picking on them. No. Are you going to make us? And I said, yeah, give me that ball. So I took the ball from them. I gave it back to the kids. Well, the kid who was, thought he was big stuff decided he was going to fight me. So he, he went to kick me. When he went to kick me, I did my whole Chuck Norris thing, and I came out, I came out fighting, and I let him have it. One Chuck Norris kick was all it needed. He was on the ground, probably for a good 30 minutes he was on the ground, and I looked at those kids, and I puffed out my chest, I said, they won't mess with you anymore. You can laugh, it's good. And laughing is good. It makes me feel better at least. <laughs> Jesus came and he kicked the devil <laughs> and his teeth. <laughs> he broke the power of sin over your life. He broke the bondage. Jesus came to liberate you. Stop living in defeat. Stop living in discouragement. Stop living in fear. With regards to our guilt, Christ's sacrifice was sufficient to eliminate every bit of guilt that you and I carry or would ever face. Yeah, the guilt of mankind was like, a, it was like an ocean. It was a flood of guilt. But Jesus' love was like an ocean that came and He washed away the dead sea of our guilt. He washed away like a flood. He overpowered those mountains and washed away the guilt of our sin. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Stop living under the curse and start living under the freedom that Christ paid for in your life. We give, we give in so easily to the lies of the devil, the lies of our guilt. Isaiah 161.7 says this about your life. Some of you need to write this down and quote it, attach it to your forehead, stick it on in your pocket, whatever you need to do. Tattoo it on your arm. Isaiah 60, I don't care, but you need to get this verse in you. Instead of your shame, do you hear, say that with me, instead of my shame, <laughs> you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, you shall rejoice. 
You know, isn't that what shame does? Isn't that what shame and guilt does? Is it, it binds you into a place of confusion. As a believer, especially as a believer, we look at our lives and say, am I not born again? Am I not free? And then all of a sudden, the confusion of the guilt of our past, well, but I did this, and I'm a sinner, and I'm a heathen, and I did this, and this. And all of a sudden, the mountain of our guilt begins to resurrect in front of us. And I want to tell you today, under the authority of Jesus, you need to look at that mountain and say, mountain of guilt, be cast into the sea. I am forgiven. I've been justified. He is my propitiation. I no longer can carry the guilt of my sin. I am free. Hallelujah. Revelation chapter 3 says that he will cover the nakedness of your shame. I think about Joseph and his coat of many colors. His father loved him. Does this mean that you go on and continue sinning? Absolutely not. When you put on the father's coat, you don't want to sin anymore. You don't want to do things that are going to hurt the father anymore because you're wearing the garment of multiple colors. The, the various colored grace of God is on you and you no longer want to continue on in sin. I think about the prodigal son who came back beaten, who came back destroyed, who was carrying the weights of his guilt and his shame but the father ran out to meet him and said bring the best coat bring the best fatted calf we're going to have a party today my son's come home he restored him to his family and even so the same God that restored the prodigal son is the same God that will place on you a new coat a fresh coat a clean coat a garment of praise instead of your spirit of heaviness give him praise this morning hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Man is wicked. Man is evil, full of corruption. But Jesus' death and resurrection created a highway of holiness in the wilderness. Isaiah 35 says, A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks on this road, although they may be a fool, shall not go astray. I might be a fool today. I might be foolish. God's chosen the foolish things, the weak things of the world. And I'm one of those. I'm foolish and I'm weak, but I'm on the highway of holiness. And there's no thing. There's no one. There's no lie. There's no guilt. There's no depravity. There's no evil that can pull me off of his highway. I'm on his road today. <laughs> and when you're on his road walking with the king, I'm walking with the king. <laughs> when you start walking with the king, everything changes. <laughs> yeah, it does. He sanctifies you. He sets you free. He produces holiness in your life. No longer are you trying to find a reason to sin. You're finding a way to get closer to the King. How can I walk closer? How can I get closer? How can I know Him more? Yeah, and we become hungry for the things of God. We become desperate for His presence. We become desperate for His goodness. We don't, we're not looking for excuses and ways to continue on in our sin and our depravity. But we're looking for ways to know how can I know you more? Can I taste of you more can I just get one touch when I can I get just one crumb from the table just one little bit little bit more Jesus yeah. <laughs> can I have just a little bit more Jesus with regards to death when death slew Christ it slew itself in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 it says through death he might destroy him who had the power of death that is the devil 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 through 57 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, (laughs) in an atomic second, in a split moment. We will be changed. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then, 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 (laughs) woo! Then shall be brought to pass the saying it is, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Woo! Jesus. Yeah, the enemy of death has been conquered by Jesus Christ. His death, His resurrection is the first fruits of the things to come. The sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, in His resurrection, in His ascension, we see that Christ is exalted above all evil. He rose above the influence. He rose above the effects of the enemy. He rose above the the instruments, the leaders, the depravity of man. And He sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down making intercession for you and I. He sat down becoming the first fruits of things to come. And Psalms 110 verse 1 He says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Yeah, he's seated right now and all of his enemies have become his footstool today. And Christ's work in our hearts, we see that he is exalted above all evil. Christ calls us, he calls us and he sanctifies us, he justifies us, he changes you and I. He takes out the heart of stone and he places within us the heart of flesh and he writes his law on our hearts. In Hebrews chapter 13, it says, Therefore Jesus also, that He might sanctify the people with His own blood. Jesus gave up Himself. He willingly laid down His life. He became exalted above all evil. He did this so that you and I could be sanctified as His people. John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is the gift of God. Ephesians 2 says, it is the gift of God. This transforming work of Christ in your life is His gift. Free gift to you. You can't earn it. You can't be clean enough. You never will deserve it. It is the grace of God. It is His His unmerited favor on your life that has caused you to be where you are today. It's not by accident that you're here. It's not by accident that you're on the highway of holiness. It's not by accident that He's called you your child. His child. It's not by accident He's brought you in and adopted you to be His son or daughter. It is because of the conquering grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We see the exaltation of Christ against the depravity and the evil of man in His gathering of the saints into heaven. Those that have departed, those that leave this life, we see this divine, glorious nature of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 7, verse 16, it says, They shall neither hunger anymore, nor thirst anymore. The sun shall not strike them, nor the heat. For the Lamb, 
who was slain. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who was slain on the cross. The Lamb of God that was born in a manger. This Lamb. The Lamb of God who is in the midst of the throne. This is the Lamb. Jesus Christ. The risen King. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist said He was the one in the midst of the throne. And He will shepherd them. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He is our shepherd. And it goes on to say He will lead them to fountains of living water. Yeah, you can drink today, John 7, Jesus said, of the fountains of living water, but you're going to drink of them in heaven. You can learn to drink and step into this fountain that's flowing. Yeah, it's flowing now. The same Jesus <laughs> the same Jesus that <laughs> Woo! the same Jesus that ascended into heaven, the same Jesus who sat down at the right hand of the Father. He's the one that's pouring out the Holy Spirit. He's the one that's baptizing you and I in this river, this fountain of living water. It's the same fountain that's flowing in heaven. It's the same fountain that the Lamb of God will lead us to and will drink freely of in that day. <laughs> Those who are brought to heaven by Christ are perfectly delivered from Satan and all his temptations and all sin and all corruption and all affliction. The glory of God is displayed in the gathering in of his saints. Revelation 14, 13 says, I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Yeah, the same Jesus that died on the cross, the same Jesus that was born, wants you to rest. <laughs> Shocking. He doesn't want you to be tormented by your labors that are in vain. Y'all are getting quiet on me up in here. <laughs> therefore, Hebrews says, therefore there is now a rest for the children of God. Let us strive to enter that rest. We are not children who have to labor for a slave driving father. We are not children that have to work and labor under a taskmaster. He has adopted us and brought us in as sons and daughters of God. Whatever it is that we do unto the Lord is a result of being adopted and brought in as children. I love my daddy and so I want to serve Him and love Him. It is the overflow of my life. I cannot earn God's affection and His love by what I do. How could I earn something that's been freely given and that was shed on a cross? His blood poured out of His body. His love was pouring out of His body for you and I. How can I earn that? It is to strive and enter into the rest and the overflow, the, the result of faith in Christ is the works that follow. My works do not produce. My works cannot produce faith. Faith produces works. God changes me. And that's the result. We see that God is highly exalted above all evil and His providence of mankind. He protects, He provides in His sovereignty. He upholds His church. He upholds His people. In Matthew 16, 18, it says, I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Even, even, in, the, even in the last days when the church is removed, the, the word that has been preached by preachers and ministers, 
ministers and the people of God for ages past are still resounding through the, through the, the hills of depravity. And people, even after the church has been removed, will still make a decision to follow Christ. His word will not pass away. His church is the only means by which he saves people these days. It is the only the avenue that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no other way. There is no other way. It is Jesus Christ and the message of redemption that is preached through his church that saves the sinners. That's it. There is no other way. The last time I checked, North High is not preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can't, although it might be a good school, I don't know. We can't expect that our students are going to hear the message of Jesus Christ and the culture in which they live. It is the responsibility of the church. And Jesus, Jesus has provided and protected and ruled and reigned sovereignly over his church for all ages. When it became dark and it looked like the church was going to collapse and never go on, Jesus stepped in and rescued his church and the church still continues. When it looks like that the church has become cold and hard and they've allowed religion to set in and they've become stiff-necked, Jesus steps in and revives the dead church and awakens them to their first love. Revelation eleven fifteen says, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of His Christ, and He shall reign forever and ever. Daniel 7 says, I was watching the night visions, and behold... One like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. The kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Yeah, Christ's kingdom is an eternal kingdom. He's ruling all things by the word of his power. And it shall continue for all ages to come. Christ appears exalted above all evil in the consummation of all things. All guilt, all sin, corruption, all affliction, all sighs and tears will be utterly and eternally abolished for all. Everybody say all of God's children forever. Then all the evil which has exalted itself and raged against God and His holiness will be forever destroyed with respect to God and His children. And all of His children will be exalted to a state of reigning above all things with Him. Revelation 21 says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and He will dwell with them, and they shall be His people. God Himself will be with them and will be their God. Hallelujah. God himself will be with them. He, he will be their God. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life and in your presence is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Yeah, our God is a great God. He's an awesome God. He rules all things. He rules and reigns over all things. He is the exalted God. He is the exalted King of kings and the Lord of lords today. He is wearing the crown of his victories today and we give him praise and glory that he is our king thank you Lord Jesus that you rule and reign that you rule and reign in this day thank you Lord thank you Lord so what does this mean for you
What does this mean for me? It means this. Today, if you're a sinner, don't harden your heart from the Lord. He's paid the ultimate sacrifice. He rules and reigns as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if you're away from the Lord, maybe your heart has grown religious towards the things of God. I would say this to you, that the same God who was born in the manger, the same God that was crucified at Calvary, the same God that ascended into heaven, the same God that ascended at the right hand of the Father today, He, He wants to be the King and the Lord of your life life. He desires to set you free from the guilt of your sin and your shame. You don't have to carry the guilt anymore. Though the guilt of your sin may be like a mountain, it may be red as scarlet. Jesus' blood, Jesus' love can wash it clean today. If you have found yourself stuck in a religious life, Where all that you do and all that you say is done and motivated out of attempts and efforts to gain the favor or love of God. Today Jesus has broken the bondage of religious mindsets, religious slavery, religious laws and wants to set you free today. You can walk in His freedom. You can step into the freedom of God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to preach the gospel. He has come to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He wants to set you free today. He wants to set you free from the bondage of religion. He wants to set you free today from the bondage of your sin. And to those of us that are born again, those of us that have been redeemed, those of us that are living in the freedom of Christ. Let us glory in our Savior, the risen King, the resurrected King, the one that sits and rules all things by the word of His power. Let us glory in our God today. Isaiah 58, 14 says, Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. Revelation 3 says to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne also as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Romans 8. Romans 8. I love Romans 8. What then shall we say to these things? Who can be against us? If God is for me, if God has loved me, if God has chosen me, if God sits and rules all things by the word of His power, if God is the conquering King, if God sits highly exalted above all evil, who, who, who can be against me? Who can stop me? Who can be against me if God God is for me. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also freely give us all things? Hallelujah. Give him praise this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you rule and reign. I'm going to ask the worship team to come, and if you'll stand with me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, you rule and reign all things, Jesus. You sit as our mediator. You sit as the king of kings. You sit today. But oh, there's coming a day where you will return that you're coming back. And you will finally and forever put all enemies asunder. You will destroy and defeat forever and finally. And put all enemies into their final judgment, their final despair, their final agony. 
And Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that even though in our day evil might be on the rise, Lord, even in our day the depravity and the carnality of man is rising as a stench before your very nostrils, we thank you, Lord, that even, even in our day when these things like the days of Noah are being lived out before us, we know that there's, we know there's a coming hope. We know that the same, the same Jesus that ascended in like manner will come again. And we who are in Christ will meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that day Jesus the spirit of the bride say even so come quickly Lord I, I say even so let it come let it rip let it rip let the let the let the war of all wars let the let the end of all times let it rip God let it let it happen let the harvest of souls, Lord, let it, let it rip, let it go. Lord, let it happen that we might be with you. Oh yeah, that is our hope. That is our hope that all of these things, the evil in our day, is just a picture of the great conquering king who's coming. Today, I don't know what it is that you're facing, whatever the situation is that you're going through. The evil, the depravity of man, the brokenness, the hurt, the despair. No matter what it is that you're facing today, maybe it's sin, maybe there's a bondage of sin in your life. Maybe you're bound by religious works and attempts to get to God. No matter what it is that you're facing, no matter what it is that you're facing today, Jesus rules all things. He rules all things. The steps of your life as a born-again believer are ordered and directed by Him. He ordains your steps. And all that you're facing, and all that this world is facing, all the rocking and the reeling and the, and the politics and in, in every area of our world, it's all preparation. It's all preparation for the day that Jesus comes and rules finally and forever all things. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So don't be discouraged today when you face trials of your faith. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when you see these things happen, Peter said. Because He's coming. He's coming. Oh yeah, He's ascending as Lord. But He's coming back. He's coming back as the King of kings. And all of those who are His will be gathered with Him. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so awesome.